run. Hello and welcome to another episode of Here's What You Could Have Run podcast. Uh, this one is about the Grand Union Canal race, which is a very old school race. It's been running a good few years. 145 miles straight down the canal from Birmingham into London. I think what I liked about the race when I did it is it's, they've kept the simplicity and that's just the route it is. There's no race director sending you up and down a big hill three or four times just to try and get big elevation figures to try and sell his race. Keeps it honest and keeps it pure. It's a, quite a challenging race and certainly a lot of people are surprised by quite what a toll it takes on the body and unfortunately only about half of the entrants ever finish and they are you know good level entrants they're not people who have wandered off from park run and sort of have a go at this race it's one that's quite hard to train for it's always on the uh, may second bank holiday in may but there aren't that many big ultras prior to that in the year to get any training miles in there is the country to capital race which is in january normally that's quite a short race of 43 miles but it does for the last 20 or so miles follow the same route as the Grand Union Canal so it's also quite useful as a recce race and there is a 10th pass 100 which is normally sort of three or four weeks ahead of the Grand Union which is probably a bit too close for sensible people but it is a nice flat 100 miler so it's, it's well suited as a training race that's what I ran when I did it in 2018 when I did the Grand Union I ran that for three or four weeks before Certainly wasn't a lot of time to recover, but it did give me confidence that I could keep going. Right, the interview's coming up in a minute. Baz, towards the end, does suffer a bit of sound quality loss, so please bear with us on that. And Rachel Herend had what must have been half a tree full of birds in the background, which adds a nice little soundtrack to her end of it. I hope you enjoy it and stick with us through the sound quality issues. <laughs> Joining me now are Barry and Rachel, and they're here to talk about the Grand Union Canal race. Uh, thanks for coming, guys. Hey, Hi, thank up. you. Looking forward to it. Yeah, no, just so everyone gets a handle of where you are and where you're coming from, it's really easy if we go bad first. Could you let us know how you got into running and uh, yeah, what you've done previously to doing the Grand Union Canal? Uh, well, I was always a, a keen school runner. Um, not set the world on fire or anything, but sort of ran district level. Uh, then beyond school, it went by the wayside, getting to your teens and start going to the pub and going out. And uh, so my idea of running was just doing a couple of miles in the treadmill, warm up at a, a gym, and that was it. All the way up to 2005, I then decided to do London Marathon for charity um, on behalf of a couple of friends. Um, and I was too cocky about it, didn't respect it at all. And I absolutely blew up six hours, two minutes, absolutely killed me. And I sort of semi hung the shoes up again after that. Um, and again, it was like on and off at the gym, roll on a few more years to 2011. Um, and I did a men's health survival of the fittest, one of the 10K obstacle courses. Oh, around, yeah, uh, I'll make you that one, yeah. yeah. So I got roped into that with a friend, and uh, that was late. 2011 and in the same sort of time period i had a few friends pass away three of them in the space of six months all very young 34 36 and 42 and uh, yeah it knocked me for six because one of those was my best mate and then that is what really spurred me getting back into running seriously i just needed something to divert my mind and my attention so i just started sort of initially i could only barely do 5k and i literally built it up from there 
got 10k fit, joined a local running club, Sapp and Striders, um, near where I live, Sapp and Walden, North Essex. Uh, and it just went from one extreme to the other, quite literally in the space of about 18 months. I went from being about 10k fit to doing a 30 mile ultra. And I did a, an ultra before going back to marathons, I did it back to front. Flipping it, okay. You're keen then? Yeah. Or daft, but now you look at it. Uh, well, yeah, I've sort of uh, a few people have sort of monikered me crazy, Baz, but I just <laughs> one of those that I like uh, the feel the fear and do it anyway aspect. If it frightens you, it's worth doing. No, excellent. Okay, and then Rachel, how did you get into running? Um, basically, I was kind of the opposite of Baz. I wasn't fit at all at school. Um, I was. I had pretty severe asthma uh, that went undiagnosed, so anything cardio wasn't really my thing. Um, so yeah, I didn't really do anything. I'm fairly new really to it when you, when you put it into the context of Baz's history. Um, you know, uh, started up, uh, getting fit after I had my son, uh, doing strength training, then signed up to a Tough Mudder, which scared the life out of me. Um, but I did it. And I kind of thought, well, my dad, my dad got sick, he got Parkinson's and, uh, and I kind of wanted to find a way to, you know, make a difference or raise some money for it just it was just kind of to make myself feel a bit better about the situation to be honest yeah. um and i uh, signed up for my first 10k in 2015 uh which was the great manchester run as it was um thought it was a really long way <laughs> um raised lots of money and then after i did that uh, i just thought right let's do a marathon uh <laughs> And uh, just went, signed up for London, obviously didn't get in. Uh, and then just impulsively signed up for Paris, uh, where I met a few of the UK run chat lot. And, uh, and it kind of went from there, really. Um, and the bar crowd then and got carried away. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, so I did my first ultra, I think it was 2017, I think it was. Um, and that was just after I did my first London one. I did my first ultra then. You know, it's just kind of like just increasing mileage slowly really because I'm not made for it um by any stretch of the imagination I'm not a running type I'm not made to run but I just do it um and as Baz said you know you just you've got to do it if it scares you just do it you know and you that's where that the ultra well, thing yeah. came in yeah excellent cool thank you and so uh Grand Union Canal 145 for anyone that's not heard of it do you want to explain it Baz for us Oh, it's 145. Yeah. <laughs> it's a 145 mile foot race uh, that starts at uh, Gas Street Base in Birmingham, follows the entire route of the Grand Union Canal all the way down to Little Venice in Mid London near Paddington. And what uh, makes it that? Because 145 is extreme, even by ultra standards. Uh, why? Why that? Mm. Oh. Uh, because the thing that I sort of liked when it came on my radar and I found out about it is it's quite a low-key event. Mm, um, it's yeah. no no big sort of razzmatazz about it at all. Uh, it's almost sort of cult-like status to it. So it, it wasn't just the distance. Obviously, that was one very major aspect of it but it was just the types of people the low starting field there's usually sort of 90 to 100 people that mm. start the race as uh, so you get to know the vast majority of the people um, that are on the start line get to sort of chat to them so it was just that whole say sort of almost sort of cult status very low key aspect to it low starting field so it was a, a big draw to it 
Yeah, I mean, I think last year they finally sort of updated the website, didn't they? But prior to that, when I entered it for 2018, it was the sort of website that went out of date with MySpace and Vivo or whatever the other website yeah. were. It was very old school. <clears throat> yeah. Cool. So uh, how do you train for 145 miles? Uh, personally, um, I've always tried to use events to build up. Okay. So my first my first try was back in 2016, and I was doing uh, at least a marathon every two weeks, uh, and I was alternating between sort of marathon. Two weeks later, find a small 30, 40 mile ultra to do marathon ultra, and I was doing it every two weeks on the build up. Um, but 2016, I the longest race I had done was the Saffron Trail 70 miler, and I jumped straight from 70 to Grand Union 145. So it's a complete it's a nice unknown. double the distance, yeah. yeah how, how it was going to hit me, and it was the sleep deprivation absolutely ruined me. Uh, so 2016, I just stopped far too often. All my time got eaten away, and I got to checkpoint nine right on the cutoff. And uh, apparently, a statistic that's been thrown at me is that I'm the only person to reach checkpoint nine and not finish. So yeah, got got that to my name at least. <laughs> So it's just learning from that, really, how to try and deal better with the sleep deprivation, even if it's a matter of coffees and Red Bulls, uh, longer race training. So I went back in 2017 and finished. Still struggled, but at least I finished. And that's so, but I, I always uh, yeah, use... So I was going to say, the first time you did it, do you have a crew? Because obviously this time you did. So you, were you uncrewed the first time? Have you always had a crew with you? Yes, yeah, first time I was uncrewed. So go going back in um, 2017, having a crew, uh, I had Mike Abel with me, very experienced runner, so he knows what it's all about and what needs to be done. And uh, just beyond 100 miles, when you start getting a bit fuzzy in the head and your, uh, your willpower starts waning, just to have someone there, just to have a few stiff words and get you on your way, really, really helps. Excellent. So uh, for this latest attempt, then you had Rachel for crew, and you did you? How do you find a race crew? Uh, well, yeah, it's sort of already knowing them. I sort of put the word out. Um, okay. I, I, I would have thrown it out on sort of social media and um, see who sort of stepped forward and was willing to help. But it was just handy knowing Michelle and Rachel in advance that they seemed more than willing to uh, jump in and join the crazy. <laughs> Excellent. So then, Rachel, what, what attracts you to spending a glorious bank holiday weekend driving up and down a canal, tending to a <laughs> Um, To be quite honest, it was uh, the first time that I've, that I've ever crewed. Um, I quite like the, obviously, the supportive side of things uh, really is quite rewarding, especially when somebody, you know, like Baz is pushing themselves 145 miles. You know, it's it's quite an excessive <laughs> amount of distance. Just a little, yeah. Which, yeah. So um, it was it was just obviously I wanted to help Baz. Baz is a good friend, um, you know, and it just seems like a really good experience to get on board with. Um, I'm not entirely sure we were initially um, prepared for the extent of the commitment in the <laughs> at the beginning. Uh, we just went, yeah, sure, we'll do it. Um, but it, you know, obviously, <clears throat> it took a lot of logistical uh, and well, logistical planning and organisation to to make sure that that everything that you needed was was there. Um, so yeah, I don't. I think we kind of underestimated it initially. Um, 
don't get me wrong it was absolutely fantastic experience and I'd, I'd do it again in, in a heartbeat but it was it was a lot more than we thought <laughs> yeah I mean oh, some have like full-on sort of camper vans don't they for their crews and it's yeah it's military style and other people have got a you know cardboard box of food in the back of a car and trying it that way yeah we did it in uh in my my small suv and slept in it as well as we were driving along so um so yeah it was it was all right uh you know we've to be fair i think myself and whiffers just would sleep where wherever we can you know so it wasn't really a major issue you know we used to kind of slumming it really but um but yeah it was it was a small suv was fine i mean obviously there are those people that do have you know converted vans and all sorts and yeah. really high-tech stuff in the back but we, we just kind of we, we, had, we had as much as we needed and and obviously we, we kept up with where Baz was as well. And I think the, the most important things about being prepared once you get to your next checkpoint, making sure that everything's ready for when your runner comes in so that it's spending as little time as possible, you know, hanging around before they set back off again. So was there and, a uh, sort of detailed pace chart you had or did you? Yeah, well, uh, I was going to say, Mark, that for considering this is the first time that they had ever crewed, that they were on it. They were brilliant uh, so we had uh, we had sort of a like an abc plan for you know best time worst time all that sort of thing <laughs> what i wanted when i came in how long i wanted to be there and uh, they were brilliant and then as the race as it usually does starts to fall to bits and you feel bad and certain foods aren't working for you you start playing it by ear they stepped up and they were excellent yeah recommend them to anyone Thanks, you, Baz. I presume you know well enough that they, they can shout and swear with you as a crowd. Oh, definitely. Oh, th th that was uh, <laughs> that, that was just given before we even started. Uh, really? sort of, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I sort of made them fully aware I needed that, and you know, swear and bully as much as they like. Excellent. <laughs> I guess that is a hard thing because you are going to end up broken at some point and knowing the point at which you need to be pulled and the point at which you need a damn good slap. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, you, you've got to have uh, a good friendship because it puts them to the test. Yeah. Uh, when, you're, when you're tired and cranky and you want to start effing and blinding at someone, you know, good friends who just take it on the chin, you know, let it go over their heads and, and realise it's just it's the race. Right. But, you know, if, you, if you're going into it with someone you, you don't know that well or get on with that well, you know, it could break friendships. Never see him again. Cool. So, did you? Uh, what was your target time? And you said you had sort of an A, B, and C goals. Yeah, well, very similar to what you did, Mark. Between that 37, 38 hour mark, and I try to be as realistic as possible and work off of paper what I've done before. So, all other ultra races and marathons. So, on paper, that looks to be my target area. Mm. The reality of putting it into practice something completely different, because I think twenty seventeen was forty one hours forty four. And then last year, uh, 40 hours, 45. So another 59 minutes knocked off. Um, so yeah, an, an improvement still, but, you know, still another three hours away from that sort of target area. Uh, and it didn't help last year. I got off to a bad start as well anyway. I had, like, really bad stomach upset and then had to have a, an emergency break within the first 10 miles and stuff. Mm -hmm. So, it, 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 <laughs> and, then, and then when I, I, I usually, I'd run straight through the first checkpoint onto Hatton Locks at 22 miles. Easy knockout first 22 miles. Mm. But, but I had to stop, get a drink. And then when I left them at, from checkpoint one, I was being sick, you know, Jeez. moved on to 22. So even in the first 22 miles, I started so to split on like time by like 20 or 30 minutes. Yeah. 
So yeah, if you're yeah, feeling exactly, like yeah. ten miles into hundred and forty five mile race, that's 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 not good, is it? Yeah, in all yeah. fairness, we were quite worried about him in no, the first no. the first bit, you know, because mm. you know, you weren't in a great way, were you, Baz? Uh you know, and, no, and there was a lot of other runners that were concerned about how he was um yeah. you know, how he was but we're not sure if that was tailwind. <laughs> well, I don't know what it was, yeah. Just something from the night before or uh, nutrition that we had on the day. I haven't got a clue, but it took the first forty miles just to shake off all of that sickness. So that's a, a terrible start to a long race like that. And I was uh, about, that's, yeah, at the back of my mind, I was trying not to dwell on it too much, but it was niggling there that, you know, this might not be my weekend and I might have to pull out of the race. So yeah, uh, it's it almost a... It's a ballot to get in, isn't it? So yes. it's not even a simple matter of, oh, this year I've not got it, I'll try next year. You've got no guarantee you'll get in again. Yeah. No, I didn't and, get in when I tried this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> and the race has um, a harsh reputation and it has a 50% year-on-year dropout rate as well. So if you're feeling bad and mm. struggling, you know, you're sort of thinking, I'm in that 50% that's not going to make it this year. So it's pretty tough. I mean, people just seem to think because it's canal and it's flat, that it's easy. But it's punishing the relentless... But, flat nature of the course it really is tough because you don't get those natural walk breaks do you, you do on say you know a hilly south downs or something it, so. exactly yeah yeah no, no declines to get your pace back up again nothing so you just literally just got to push yourself the whole way yeah i, I first out of the race when i crewed uh, one of my mates uh, 2016 i think it was and he's a much better runner yeah. than i'll ever be and he didn't finish it so it, it kind of when I did almost by accident oh, right. the ballot and got a place, I was a bit like, well, "What the hell am I even doing?" <laughs> it's beating better runners than me. Yeah, but yeah, somehow I did manage to get through to the end. Yeah, for some people it could be simple things that they've just not taken care of their feet and they've got blisters and they have become too sore to run. And so they could be a, a brilliant runner, but for, you know, they have a, yeah. a bad foot day. That could pull them out of the race, you know. Sometimes it could be sort of the, the simplest, smallest of That's things. That's a daft thing, and if you're running well, you don't want to spend five minutes messing with your shoes, but it either kills your race or probably adds on a couple of hours if you don't attend to it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So the registration is obviously in Birmingham, and for anyone that's not done it, it's in the travel lodges, and it's most people tend to register the Friday night before, and then we'll go across the road to the pub. Did you join everyone in the pub for a quick pint before going to bed or? That's a given. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 What, £33 for a couple of gins. Oh, no, that was um, it. The gas street. Yeah. yeah. It's a travel lodge. They have uh, the registration travel lodge. Yeah. 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 I think that was after. Yeah. So the, the registration travel lodge, um, uh, we stayed at Jury's Inn. So that's literally oh, on the street. Lodge, yeah. I was in the dirty travel lodge when I went. But... Oh, really? <laughs> oh, I can't be doing a travel lodge breakfast. Oh, terrible. Because well, um, yeah. it's a 6am start, isn't it? I presume it's yeah, but, but all of those places, as you'll know, Mark, they're, they're right near the start anyway. Jury's in was two minutes. I mean, travel yeah. lodge, the same, like three or four minutes away. Some people stay at the Premier Inn. Again, that's right on the Gas Street Basin. So it seems all the accommodation is right by the start anyway. So you can't get lost. Did you manage to get a decent night's sleep? Because I was kept awake most of the night. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't too bad. I think I might have kept them awake snoring. But uh, yeah, I think I was yeah, laughing, some... right? 
We had some uh, some loud people oh, coming was, back they, from yeah. Birmingham uh, yeah. night out type thing, but it wasn't. Well, I slept through it, but uh, I'm not sure Whiffers did. Oh well, yeah. I'm kicking the car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. And so the start, as you said, is Gastry uh, Basin, which is on the canal. It's just basically a weird sort of back alley, isn't it, in the middle of Birmingham, and just yeah. gets descended on by a hundred lycra clouds. Yeah, that's it. But yeah, plus all their, their their crews and um, friends and family and whatnot to see them off. And then uh, yeah, you have the legend uh, Dick Kern and Keith Godden there to sort of see you away from the start, sort of a, a small speech. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's it. I, I, What's it I, like? Then? Of... Stood there at sort of six a.m. on a Saturday, knowing that best case you're running for most of two days. Yeah, apprehensive. <laughs> apprehensive. Not not too sort of scared about it, but um, more excited and ready to get on with it. Really. Excellent. Um, yeah. So it was after I'd started that, that, that the problems kicked in. So yeah, on the start line, I was I was pretty good. Looking forward to it. I suppose the one good thing about feeling unwell on that first section, it stops you going off too quick. You didn't sort of set off with seven minutes. Yeah, there there is that. Yeah. Kill yourself. Yeah, so to take take the positives. Yeah. Cool. So what's the course like then? Obviously it's a canal, is it a pretty canal? Is it? What can it is, well there? obviously coming out of Birmingham you've got sort of um, a lot of the sort of old industrial areas that you run out of. Uh, there's quite a lot of bridges in the early few miles as well, mm. the first four or five miles. So you, you have to take it steady anyway, you can't get into a decent rhythm or pace because you're up these quite steep humped bridges uh, under a few sort of uh, narrow bridges as well which you have to mind your head in quite a few places yeah. um but i mean some people say it's dirty and you know looks a bit miserable but i like to sort of think about the history i, I quite like it myself it, it felt more scenic than the end bit i would say yes yes yeah well say heading out of birmingham and you get out to the countryside it's lovely you know unbelievably beautiful all the way down really sort of certain bits like uh Maybe your area, Mark Milton Keynes area. Obviously beautiful. I, 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 country is gorgeous. <laughs> I had trouble there in, uh, I think it might have been 2016 or 17, and I had to get a move on through there, being chased by some drunken fellas. But, <laughs> again, good, 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 good incentive to get a move on through Milton Keynes. <laughs> Quality. Yeah. It's a bit like when you go through Reading on a Thames Path. Uh, oh, yeah. Event. You've, yeah. You've got uh, added speed sections for you. I was yeah. gonna say we didn't really see much of Milton Keynes because I think it was about two o'clock in the morning uh, yeah, wh whilst yeah. we were waiting for bus to come through on that one. So uh, it was a little bit uh, scary. Yeah. <laughs> no, dad of night stood by a canal in Milton Keynes. Oops. <laughs> Did you have a tracker then so I could follow you, or were you just doing it either text messages or phone uh, calls or what? Yeah, I had a tracker. Um, always hire a tracker. Uh, yeah, for their benefit, uh, as much as anything, because uh, I, I, I use my simple, basic Garmin watch that I've got as well anyway. Mm. Um, and I charge that on the go. But say, so, yeah, more for other people's benefit if they actually want to see where I'm at and that I'm actually moving and I'm still alive. True, yeah. uh, especially Especially with crew as well. It's another incentive that, uh, you know, if you slow down or stop anywhere, you're going to be getting a phone call to say, why the hell have you stopped <laughs> to get a move on? So, you know, it's, it's yet another good incentive to keep yourself moving. No, that is cool then, isn't it? Cool. So, uh, A station-wise, or what are you eating anyway out of your crew vehicle, I suppose? How do you feel oh, yourself around 45 miles? Um, I'm a fan of Tailwind. It's just easy to drink. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, simple liquid calories. 
So you can't go wrong there for a start. Uh, but what flavour do you have? Because I find a lot of people like green tea and I think it tastes absolutely disgusting. Oh, really? Uh, it's okay, but I like the citrus, uh, the mandarin or the More lemon. sensible ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they're good. And then, because uh, I think it's a mixed berry caffeine one they do, yeah, so a bit like later that. on, I have some of that as well. So yeah, that, that's uh, a, a good starter. But uh, I've just found for before, spicy foods I can't be doing with, they just get too much heartburn and stuff. So that that makes a mess of things. Um, what was you having, Rach? Just basic crisps, well, yeah, cakes. Yeah, it was. You had uh, candlemint cake, chocolate mint brownies. Cake. That was a good one. Yeah. Uh, Ritz crackers. Um, yeah, again, and we had it all in little Ziploc bags as well, prepared. So, but then obviously, as it went on, uh, we had to kind of uh, adapt that quite a bit because you know. It, dependent on what his body needed we had to kind of like uh you know chop and change with extra salt or extra glucose um then at one point we had you, you were craving coke weren't you yeah <laughs> and we had it's to go on a, caffeine a and, mission um, oh it was calories. such a mission to find coke on a sunday morning <laughs> with yeah. no shops anywhere yeah. and we ended up getting some from a random petrol station in the end but we're, we're on a proper mission like with google maps trying to find out where we could you know find a can of coke or 10 for pass <laughs> um, it was just it ended up from being quite organized to then being a reactive thing based on what he needed i suppose yeah you can't really predict over that duration can you exactly what you're gonna need no and did you have kit as well for him for changing, or did he just yeah, yeah we, the we, whole time? we had uh, we had lots of buffs, didn't we, Baz? Um, <laughs> we, we were on a on a bit of a circulation with buffs. Yeah. We, were, we were drying yeah. some whilst whilst you know hanging out the window as we were driving whilst um, <laughs> whilst giving him new ones at each checkpoint and things. And I think you had one trainer change, didn't you, as well? Um, after I ran that, that you know, yeah, just uh, body jogged with you for a bit. Yeah, I don't know what you found in the past, Mark, as well, but I just found my feet swell up. Most people probably do, and a lot of people probably just suffer it and have the painful feet. But yeah. taking an extra pair of shoes, one size up, just, just helps eliminate that issue, really. I, I didn't take a pair at all when I did it, and I did regret it. But I've done, I did so many hundreds by then where I've taken shoes yeah, and I, not changed. I thought, I don't need to worry about that, it's fine. And then, yeah, got to halfway and was like, why didn't I bring spare shoes? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. A good point for your drop bag is yeah, put spare shoes in it. Yeah. Cool. So how did you pace it then? As it's obviously got like we said it's flat. Were you doing a, a regimented run so far, walk a bit, or just playing to feel? Or um, I, usually I just run to feel. You know, you know, could be nine minute miles, twelve yeah. minute miles. Uh, I know a lot of people like the sort of 25 five, but I just tend to get a bit bored with that. You know, run for 25, you can have a minute's walk, feel fresh enough to carry on running. So I would rather run and get on with it. Oh. Yeah. Um, obviously the second half, up to 50 miles, had at first 35, 40, bit of a struggle, getting through the sickness. Beyond that felt good again, but then mm. got into navigation in the halfway point, 70 and a bit miles, 72 miles. Um, oh, I've got. Um, but it sort of went downhill after that. But obviously, beyond navigation in, you could start to have buddy runners then. Yeah. Uh, so I had a friend turn up there, my mate uh, Jim. So that, that helped try and pick me up from there. And I it was fits and starts. One minute I'll be doing nine minute mile. Next minute I'll be back 
walking 14 minute miles again, marching along. So it, it's really <coughs> up and down. Yeah, so yeah, navigation is just outside Milton Keynes, isn't it? So it's yeah, seventy yeah. miles in about halfway. Yeah. And then there's a and point I'll... then it's um yeah, you don't get paces, do you, for the Grand Union? They're quite strict on that, they're buddy runners, aren't they? No. Yeah. And what's yeah, the difference? Buddy runners they can run not done it. Yeah, well buddy runners must be beside or behind you the whole time. They're not allowed to be ahead of you judging the pace for you to then follow along behind. Yeah. So you've got to do it all on your own sort of uh, willpower, uh, your own. So you can ask them to shout at you to get a move on, but they're not allowed to pace and be ahead of you. Excellent. Uh, Rachel was very good at that as well, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. I felt to have a reputation. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I never thought I was... this bridge, whether you like it or not. Yeah. Move on. You might, might be a hundred yards spread, right? You can have a rest for like ten seconds, right? See that boat down there, another two hundred yards away. You're gonna that boat. That, that's all it was, mile after it's just mile. Just about keeping focused. It's, it's, but yeah, that, that's what you need. It's brilliant. It yeah. Is well, I was weird, isn't it? Yeah. as well. Um, she was she she did what thirty three miles, I think, with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and when he got into a particularly difficult point, um, I'm not sure if it was a clause in the contact that we could kick him when he was down, but <laughs> she did. And uh, and it worked, didn't it, Baz? Yeah. Well, um, yeah. <laughs> with, with us, with, well, yeah, with us was uh, say quite a taskmaster as well. But yeah, it just got to a point where I was so tired and fed up that yeah, started actually answering back a bit. When she was going, right, we're going to do this. You're going to get a jog, and I was like, no, nah, it's not happening. <laughs> no, I, I think I might be done. Gonna, no, you know, then a, a little friendly kick, like get a damn move on. It's like yeah, okay, then I'll. <laughs> I'll get moving again. It's what you need, though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think as well, having different body runners can help mix it up a little bit because I know um, Baz's pace picked up an awful lot when uh, Lou, um, who was at the, he was supposed to run the last 13, and when he was struggling a bit, Lou ran back uh, to meet us and then ran with him. And his pace picked up an awful lot when he had a new person to run with. And so I, I think Adrian that Hills probably well. helped. Yeah, yeah oh, Adrian, yeah, Adrian too, yeah. Uh, through the uh, Hemel area. So again, yeah, you know, uh, really decent bit of pace picked up again once Adrian came out. So when you had buddies, were, you, were they more there for sort of company and to start you walking the canal or a bit? You know, oh, well, Lu Lewis, yeah, Lu Lewis turning up was uh, definitely because I, I felt mentally pretty good right up to checkpoint nine. It was after leaving checkpoint nine, the last 12 miles to go, it just rapidly went downhill and I, I would have been in a bit of trouble, I think, had Lewis not been there. Uh, yeah. part, part of that, you know, could have could have been drifting into the canal because I remember both from 2016 and 17 being in a, a really bad state along that. That is the, the all over the place. scenic bit. Uh, you know, you just the canal, have to use the mental really... willpower and strength to stay away from the water. Yeah, it is. It's pretty dirty, grotty, full of rubbish, fly tipping, strange goings on in bushes. Yeah, it's a bit of an odd place to be yeah yeah for much of it the, the biggest danger you face is probably being attacked by a swan but for that last bit you if you fell in you'd probably get cholera and float down with the rest <laughs> of the dead bodies wouldn't you it's a bit grim yeah. cool and yeah that last aid yeah. station is yeah, basically a half mile a half marathon isn't it into london so Although yeah. it's the home straight after that many miles. Say, normal normal out, circumstances, you'd head out the door and you, you, you yeah, you, yeah, say, usually you sort of knock 
that out in an hour and 40 or something, you wouldn't worry about it. But yeah. uh, to tell people that it would take you another five, six hours or something ridiculous to march <laughs> in, and people sort of laugh at you, go, well, you know, what? You, you can't be right. I said, oh, you know, you just cannot imagine, unless you do it, what it's like at that point. You're literally sort of, you know, yeah, if you're just not gifted enough to be able to run, you're just death marching it in. That's all you're thinking about is finish line, am I inside the cutoff? And say, just having Lewis said, just keep shouting at me, just keep moving on, you know, the time, we're going to get it done. And say, sort of, it's a good 10 miles of, of that. It was horrific. Yeah. And it, just it, for anyone that really wants to do the race, just really selling it in. <laughs> But, um, I know, but the finish never seems to come does it you kind of it's somewhere in the no. distance and because you're going so slow by that point it just you know it's like yeah. brexit it's never going to arrive <laughs> I, I mean it, it, it was uh obviously it's all personal and everyone's got a different story but i sort of keep saying to people that if you found uh, an injured animal in that state you just take it to the vet and put it out of this misery i, I was that bad it's <laughs> awful no yeah, when I did it, there was a guy in front and he was literally running at like 45 degrees. I don't think he, you know, yeah. in a good state. I'm not sure he could have even recreated that. I don't know how he was staying up, but it's it's an interesting one. So um, navigation-wise, obviously, it's run along a canal. Yeah. What's the navigation like? Did you get lost? How no. do you navigate? Uh, Easy as they come. I've just got a reputation for getting lost on trail races. Uh, I've even got a, a wooden spoon I was presented with for bonus miles and sat for trial because I did about an extra 10. Should have done 70 and did sort of 80 something. <laughs> and, um, but it's easy. It's a folly in O's race. You cannot go wrong. And anyone that does go wrong, God knows how you manage to do it. Honestly, it's that easy. Because yeah, I mean, a lot got of a... people wreck it, don't they? And I didn't. They do. A lot of people sort of I live. I couldn't quite see the point. Yeah, so a lot of people live um, in the area or close to various sections and yeah. go out and wreck it. But all you've got to sort of remember is look out for Balls Bridge. When you get there, turn left. That's about all you've got to remember. Easy. Yeah. No, one of my mates is, uh, I think they're married, girlfriend or wife was wrecking it. So he kind of drove down, dropped her off somewhere at Leighton Buzzard, expected to run towards London. Right. Bang him up like two hours later to say she was north of Milton Keynes. She's managed to go the wrong way. <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> saying that obviously you got sort of uh, the various branches have you said Northampton branch and the Oxford Canal as well yeah. but if it's actually quite difficult to take the wrong turn to get onto them you know it takes effort to go wrong so if you just sort of stay on the correct side of the canal and just keep following it straight without taking an unusual turn in you're fine yeah no it's not too bad I did go oh. cross crossed over one bridge too early when I did it but it happened to be parallel, so we just sort of nipped back yeah, at the next bridge when it was all exactly. right. Exactly, it's, it's no big deal, is it? Cool. So, um, after you're running through the night, what's it like running a night along a canal? Any well, you getting cold or um, safety issues? I, I, I was say I was behind plan and I got into uh, is it Birding Breed 100 mile checkpoint? Yeah, I think it's um, by the reservoir. Yeah, uh, so I'm sort of feeling really tired by that point but obviously and i wanted to have a kip so grabbed by rachel she said right curl up in the boot of the car while i get all your drinks and food ready um and spencer milbury turned it up at that point gave me a load yeah. of abuse for uh did. Sort of snoozing, <laughs> snoozing on the job good so managed to get me back up but um yeah once sort of refueled and had me drinks and stuff uh leaving off from there uh it took a bit of a, a surreal turn because Rachel had to sort of 
turn into a local superhero and actually go and rescue <laughs> some people. It was bizarre that because after that point, you're heading off past Berkhamsted Berk area yeah. and uh, running past the lock there. And I just heard this almighty splash, looked over it. I don't believe it. It's like some fella there has just fallen in the lock. And what and his wife was trying to get him out and, yeah, and well, I thought she was going to go in too. The boat had drifted away from the bank. <laughs> he tried to jump, missed the boat and ended up in a canal. It's just like, oh, Christ, what, what are we going to do? We're gonna both going to stop. We've got to like, jump in and swim over. So, of course, like Rachel's that you carry on. I'll sort it out and I'll pass the story over to Rachel at this point. It's her story. Yeah, so obviously Buzz was, was you know, trying his best to stop running at this point with any excuse to kind of, you know, stop. <laughs> and I shouted shout him, Get, keep running. And he's like, but, but, but. And I was like, keep going. So he carried on and I ended up, scrambling over this this um this lock gate and uh and the woman had managed to get her husband out and this boat was just there floating away so i kind of thought i just well i didn't even think i don't think i just thought right well this boat's floating away something needs to be done about it so i basically jumped off the side of the canal and spider band onto this boat <laughs> and scrambled on <laughs> onto this barge and then i got there and i thought and i was on there right okay i need to save this boat <laughs> And I thought, hang on a minute, I don't have to drive the damn thing. <laughs> so I was stuck on this boat, floating away. I said, oh God, what to do with this? Ended up, anyway, I just uh, ended up chucking the rope out to this guy who just got in, in the drink, you know, and, uh, <laughs> and saved it. But it was just, as Baz said, it was such a surreal experience because we were just running along. And then there's a sploosh yeah. and this bloke in the water. And uh, yeah, it just it was a bit of an odd one, that. But uh, yeah, just kind of... They, they were worried I was going to end up in the drink as well. And I, I think I'd done a tough mudder a couple of weeks before. And I was like, don't worry about that. Oh, love. Yeah, I'm yeah. used to running when I'm wet. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we saved the boat for them and then went, all right, cheerio. See you later. And then carried on running. <laughs> you do. Yeah. yeah. So I uh, caught Brilliant. up with Baz. You know, and, then, uh, and then we carried on for a bit longer. But it says so. these, these weird oddities that unfold in a massive race like this that makes the race what it is. Everyone's got something that goes on or, you know, a little story or anecdote that you know happens during the weekend like brilliant yeah the year i did there's a big set of building site alongside it and they'd put up the security fence to keep you out of the building site and the security fence had fallen all over the canal park. oh no so we actually had to climb into the building site and you know try not to get killed by a digger <laughs> and get back oh on the God. other side and you're just like Geez. yeah that's a bit of fun to it isn't it yeah, and a point we, uh, that I was quite interested when I saw your Garmin trace, you ended up with almost the right mileage, and I didn't. I yeah, one hundred and forty-eight that I got. Yeah, how's that happen? Yeah, maybe it's crossing over onto yeah, the you... other side of the canal that did it. <laughs> yeah, I must have added a lot on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, Ten everyone does say it comes up. Yeah, mine's a Garmin, and it was. You know, there's not exactly a lot of trees, are there? If you run in like loops of a oh. forest, you're not surprised if you gain or lose a bit, or middle of London with skyscrapers. But yeah, I yeah, was a sense bit sense of humour. Could understand sort of uh, <laughs> taking a wrong turn. Yeah, yeah but no, you were still over then. So I suppose that's a good point for anyone is don't assume you're going to record 145. So yeah, you'll you'll gain yeah, some distance. Um, the A stations will be a little bit further than you expect. That had a, a little bit of benefit that you know when you're sort of starting to get close to Paddington at least along that bit and uh, sure. the paths are more sort of concrete tarmac and a bit more built up you think oh yeah I'm, I'm getting there I'm only a few miles away but 
say if, if it's your first time you don't know the area yeah it, it'll drag on along that bit like you say if you're looking at your watch thinking oh, i should be at the finish now now you could have another three or four miles to go yet definitely yeah so the finish then describe what the finish is like because if people oh. have done big races they'll expect you know inflatable arches and marching <laughs> bands and etc or oh, even park runs probably have a more exciting finish than the grand union what's it like yeah um there's uh, a gucr and a canal Sorry, what was that, Mark? Oh, we lost you a bit there. I was saying, yeah, just describe the finish. Yeah. So they've got their uh, Grand Union and the Canal CIC banner up and organised there, a few friends and family, and that is it. Uh, I felt a bit disrespectful, really, last year, but so you're not in your right mind always when you finish. I'm sure uh, Dick took it completely the right way, but... All I wanted to do was just drop into a chair. So that's literally what I did. Just, just forced myself <laughs> through the finish line, looked for the nearest chair, and it just dropped into it and sort of, uh, you know, holding my head, trying to get my head straight. And then uh, you sort of get the legendary firm handshake from Dick and uh, a, a medal around your neck. So, yeah, very low key, you know. It's basically by some public toilets on the canal towpath, isn't it? It's... Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, uh, so you need to finish at the right time of day as well because there's a pub literally right across the road. But you know, if you're finishing sort of one, two o'clock in the morning, it, it, it's shut. You can't even sort of drop in for a beer. Oh, we did bring beers but, uh, though, didn't yeah, we? Uh, finish wise, it's sort of a, a, a bit of an improvement on I think it's 2017 because I had my head torch. Well, Keith went to put the medal around my neck in the 2017 one and I completely forgot that I had my head torch on my head. So as I whipped my cap off, I almost threw my head torch in the canal and someone had to sort of do a bit of a goalie dive and sort of caught it before it went in the drink. But, uh, so yeah, I was just uh, far more done last year. Just wanted to sort of sit down. And um, yeah, the feet post-race were pretty done in as well. They look pretty bad. <laughs> I bet they did. And uh, I presume you the, they had the plastic up on the fence with the right you finish this time on. That's quite a ridiculously low-key. Yes, yeah, see that. see your name on a bit of plastic, yeah. a bit of old fence. Yeah, yeah yellow, yellow rectangular piece of plastic with everyone's uh, name and time registered as you come across the line. So, yeah, it's, it's great. And see like your you name said, up on that... So I was saying there were about 97 starts when I looked for your year and 52 finishers. So yeah, like you said, only half the people even make it to the end. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, as much as I could sort of look back and say, you, you always sort of criticise yourself. Oh, I could have done this differently. I could have done that a, a, a sort of a bit better. Um, just to have your name on that board once ever is a huge achievement and say it's just the people that have done that race understand it most yeah you, know, you get sort of respect from those people because they just understand what you've put yourself through to get there you know uh so having sort of two finishes now to my name is sort of more than some people probably ever ever will um oh, you know, yeah. known other friends as well up, uh that's taken them three or four attempts before they've actually managed to get a finish you know so yeah it's a tough old job and there's um, there's two others in the Canal Slam. Have you done them or have intentions to do those? Yeah, I took part in KACR, and I, that might have been the same year, 2017, I think. Um, and I was stupid. I dropped out mile 90 at Reading, um, and I had about, about 24 hours left to do sort of 55 miles. I could have yeah. walked it in if I wanted to. 
And I just convinced myself that I was really ill and I was having kidney troubles and had all these aches and pains in my abdomen. And I sat at the side of the road in Reading, 10 or 15 minutes, sort of fighting with myself, going, oh, you, you, you're imagining it, you can walk on, you'll be fine, have something to drink. No, I'm going to die, so I'm going to end up in hospital. And I ended up <laughs> making a mistake of phoning Keith up, saying, that's it, Keith, I'm done. And then um, Neil came out, Keith's brother Neil came and picked us up in the van. And as soon as that happens, you're out of the race and yeah. you regret it. You regret it. I've always said since, let the cutoffs beat you, not yourself. You know, just keep going until you've got no time left and you're cut off. At least That's go out of the race, giving it your best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, just just, just never quit, basically. If you can move and you can walk, just keep going. Cool. And would you want to run it again or have you had your fill of canal for a while? Obviously, <laughs> uh, I was going to have a rest this year, but everyone, the entire nation's having a rest this year. Well, yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, I'd like to go back because you've got the Liverpool to Leeds Canal race, part of that series as well. So yeah. uh, I definitely will. I probably won't go back to Grand Union straight away but um, because I'd like to do Kennet and Avon uh, and the Liverpool to Leeds. Uh, and those two uh, generally are easier to get into the Grand Union yeah. because Grand Union's the sort of uh, the daddy of the series. It's been around some 20, 25, 26 years this year. Um so that's the race everyone wants to do. So it's always oversubscribed. Uh, it's a, say, literally a lottery to get into. So I think Kennet and Avon and Liverpool to Leeds, usually if you want to do it, you could get in. I don't think there's usually any issue with getting an entry yeah, to those okay. two. Cool. And then after you were crewing, Rachel, and then you liked <laughs> it so much, you fancied having a go yourself this year, but didn't get in. No, no, as, uh, as Baz said, it's difficult to get into. And, you know, so... Uh... And yeah, you I, I think off it's by seeing him broken and yeah. <laughs> no, I mean uh, it's it's something uh, like I said. If it doesn't scare you, it's not worth doing type of thing. So uh, seeing even seeing Baz as broken as he was at the end of that, it's 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 really inspirational seeing somebody finish and being a part of that. Even as a crew, is just mm. it's just such a a rewarding experience to have. You know, knowing that you had a part in helping somebody get that done. You know. Um, but yeah, I, I would want to do it, and and I have looked at the Liverpool to Leeds one as well because that's more up my way. Mm. Um, which again, if I maybe if I don't get in next year, you know, or whenever the next ballot is, then maybe I'll consider that instead. So and it's shorter, fifteen miles shorter. It's only one hundred and thirty. <laughs> oh, yeah. only one hundred and thirty. Twenty-four then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, I mean the, the slam obviously looks appealing for some people as well. I've kind of tempted to go back and do the Grand Union at some point and try and do that, but it's quite an undertaking, isn't it? Uh, yeah, exactly. I'd like to do it, but um, just when I look at others that have done the slam, how they manage to do it, how they recover between the events, because mm. although uh, Grand Union's May. Uh, Kennet and Avon is July, so you've got a couple of months recovery, um, and then is it Liverpool to Leeds is August bank mm-hmm. holiday. So you only have like a four or five week recovery period between those two. And now some people recover quick enough. Mm. I don't know. Um, personally, I just don't seem to be able to recover that quickly, or recover enough to then get back to the training to then enter the race. You know. So, uh, so I'd like to do the series, but um, I'm just not sure if I'm personally capable. Yeah, it's definitely. Without breaking yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Cool. And any advice for anyone that hasn't run it before or has been roped into crewing someone? Uh, well, race-wise, I think it's just uh, your your build-up to it. If you could get some regular ultras in, uh, I would recommend, if you can, get a 100-miler in a good two months before, three months before, just for the, a, a feel and the experience of things if you're not used to doing that distance. Um, the problem with the time so 2019 of year, was awesome, so I couldn't find any races to fit in. So I, yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I think I did. Um, not that much before that, is there? No. Uh, so I think I did. Uh, yeah, I did uh, country to capital in January. I think it is or February. Yeah. Uh, so that's the first one, and then I couldn't find anything else to fit with tire work. So I had to be my own disciplinarian. So I just got up at one o'clock in the morning, run from North Essex down to Hackney East London, forty miles, just to do the park run. So it's just that, those sorts of things to get the training in. You, you, you say you've got to be uh, have a decent bit of willpower, be your own disciplinarian. As you say if the events aren't there, don't work out for you between work and money. Uh, you're you're going to struggle big time in a race, and you won't make it. You must have looked great out the park run, having run forty miles. Really. Well, uh, yeah. I, I met a couple of friends down there, and I said I told them I said I. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be jogging down to my park. I went, oh yeah, great, see you. So obviously, you know, seven hours running down there. Jogged down to park one from home, and I went, oh, do mean, you know, think you meant all the way from home? So like, you know, from Tottenham to Hackney, or you're just going to jog around the park and then do park. I said, no, four minute five cars. Quite happy with that. <laughs> I say from a crew perspective as well, like I said before, don't underestimate what's going to be expected of you because it's not just a case of, you know, like just providing somebody with drinks and a bit of food. You know, you need to have the know-how to know what your runner needs, um, you know, and and you, you will be pushed fatigue-wise, not maybe as much as your runner, um, but obviously, you know, you, there's going to be a lack of sleep. There's going to be, you know, sitting in the middle of a, of a dark car park in the middle of the night, um, you may be expected to run. <laughs> you know, Whiffers was completely unprepared for running with Baz and I ended up doing 30 miles in that. my trainers, you know. So it's having a, a, a like agreement or understanding in advance that when things get difficult, you know, throwing a bit of abuse in to get you to move or get a reaction out of you, you know, perk a bit of energy up is, is a mm. given and accepted. Say, so, you know, if you go into it cold without any sort of pre agreement as how you're going to communicate with each other, and then you start getting effing and blinding, and people sort of telling you, you know, you're bloody a lazy little get, get a damn move on. Well, you know, you might take it the wrong way if that's not pre agreed, you know what I mean? But so, uh, uh, yeah, with firm, a safe word, friendship, and uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I mean, yeah, because I've, <laughs> I've kind of done both sides of that. So I was a, a buddy and helping my mates try and finish it. And I definitely think the effort that goes into crewing is it's a lot more effort than just running it. A lot more stress and more things to worry about. Whereas if you're running, you just keep moving forward, don't you? And you, yeah. you eat what people f shove in your face. Yeah. <laughs> and that's basically it. Excellent. Yeah. So what other running challenges have you guys got coming up, assuming races ever restart? Yeah. Even when you're a vegetarian.
they give you chicken. <laughs> we we did we did give him chicken. We actually did give him chicken. You wanted the chicken bars. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was hungry and I just I, yeah, I wasn't going to argue with anything. I, I, I like that. You're using crew in someone as an excuse to try and convert them away from being vegetarian. Like that. We didn't even realise he was... We were just eating. He went, I want some chicken. And, <laughs> and So we gave him the chicken and then he was eating it. I was like, is that good? He's like, yeah, I, I I'm think, vegetarian. Yeah, Bex, Bex had some chicken. I'll roast chicken. <laughs> oh, okay. I like that. <laughs> yeah, my, my body must have been in a massive protein craving phase from sort of busting yourself up yeah i do it's funny on ultras when you see people coming to a stations and they're you know they're like oh i'm vegan or whatever what have you got is there milk in this food and you're like after oh, 100 miles i think you just eat a parcel yeah. oh, never mind <laughs> about a bit of milk yeah cool so yeah what is your next running challenge then baz uh, well, supposedly it's London Mar Marathon October, but I've mm. got a feeling that that's not going to go ahead. I think it's October the 4th they've pencilled that in for, and uh, I think it's a bit of a 50-50 at the moment. I know they've started uh, relaxing some of the lockdown stuff, but I don't think it'll go ahead. Yeah. Uh, beyond Dub that, I've got the Camino. Oh, got someone. No, I was going to say Dublin Marathon is mid-October, and that's been cancelled like, just yesterday, wasn't it? So. Yeah. Uh, beyond that, it's the Camino 50k in November. So I'm a bit more hopeful about it. I think it's about November 21st, I think it is. Uh, so that's a 52 Hackney. Uh, it's the first running of the event by David Bone and Dan Strachan. Um, okay. Dan Bone, um, uh, yeah, both um, Spart athletes. So exceptionally good runners they're putting on this event. Uh, so yeah, hopefully that will go ahead. And then really it's stuff into next year. So I've, you know, quite sensibly not bothered booking stuff because there's just no point. No. Nobody knows what's happening and it could be uh, just uh, throwing your money away for no good. So uh, beyond that, I think it's uh, Portland Coastal, which is next. February, and I've been roped into that, so I yeah, think that's going to be yeah. hell by itself. It. Excellent. Yeah. You're cutting it out a bit there, but I think we've got the most of that through. You must be middle of nowhere, Bath. And then, Rachel, what have you got planned? Um, yeah, so. Oh, he's back. <laughs> They've said so. I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk up, walk up the garden while I'm on my fifth Alps. Oh, there we go. <laughs> back. Um, yeah, so I've, uh, I'm supposed to have a uh, London triathlon at the beginning of August, but the venue is still a hospital, so I can't see that happening, uh, although I've not heard anything about that yet. Mm. Um, rearranged uh, Blackpool Marathon, um, September, rearranged Paris in October, <laughs> can't see that happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, then, as Baz said, I've got uh, Portland in February next year, um, which has a bit of a reputation of being very brutal. And that was agreed on uh, on the basis that everybody else signed up for Langset Loop, which is a pretty brutal one up my end in January. So uh, I'm not really holding out any hope for any of the bigger races, to be honest. I think I'm just going to stick to smaller ones if I'm booking any at all at the moment. It does seem sensible, yeah. It's just not... 
Yeah, it's funny times, isn't it, in the minute? Yeah. Cool, thank you. And then uh, if people want to follow your exploits on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, how is it best to see what you guys are up to? Is Baz still there? <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to be followed, he's gone secret. Oh, he's gone. Uh, yeah, so if you want to, if you feel like following any of my uh, gobby exploits on Twitter, it's at RachieV, uh, Instagram at RachieV12. Um, so yeah, that's that's me. Super, thank you. Let me see if uh, on Twitter, it's EssexRunner75, mm -hmm. and Instagram is just EssexRunner. Excellent. Very right. imaginative name, live in Essex and I run. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it's not unless you remember it anyway, yeah. Cool, excellent. Well, thank you very much for that, and you've certainly given a little feel of what the race is and what people are missing out on this year. Uh, thanks for coming on, and yeah, hope we all get back to racing soon. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Mark. Appreciate it. Thanks, Cheers. Mark. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope you all enjoyed listening to that there and learning lots about the race from Baz and Rachel. If you fancy trying again next year, then you have to enter via a ballot. Normally, this uh, opens around July to register your interest, and the ballot takes place typically around November time quite how they're going to manage next year I'm not sure yet so keep an eye on the website and the entry itself is managed by SI entries which probably most people have got an account with as they seem to be almost ubiquitous at the minute for race entries. Other changes that have happened since the last podcast is we've had the Dublin Marathon's been cancelled that was mid-October and then the although it's a bike ride the Ride 100 by Prudential this 100 mile bike ride around London down to Surrey that's also been cancelled so there's certainly a lot of slipping and then further afield UTMB which is the ultra race in Switzerland, France and Italy that's been cancelled as well so we're certainly seeing a lot of events go and as we mentioned in that interview I doubt we'll have many races left for this year so yeah just get out there and enjoy it maybe try a virtual race or just run with your one designated friend at a time if you're in the UK until next time, keep happy, keep running, and keep safe. Game over.